1: Now the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12:03 on a sunny Wednesday afternoon, May 10th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. There are some good reasons to have a child help pay for their own college education. We'll learn more in our next segment. But right now, the latest numbers on consumer prices are out today. We're joined by Gus Fochet, chief economist, PNC Financial Services, based in Pittsburgh. Gus, thank you for joining us today. The consensus. Leads Leading into today's CPI report was that it was going to land somewhere around 5 percent, and it came in at 4.9 percent. So that's a feather in the cap for consensus.
2: Uh, yeah, and, you know, we saw about a 0.4 percent gain for prices for the month, uh, both overall and in core. And so inflation is still running too hot from the Fed's perspective, but we do see it slowing a bit.
1: And what does this mean for the overall uh, fight against inflation? It seems like the days of uh, 9% annualized inflation uh, are thankfully in the rearview mirror.
2: Yeah, but I mean, the Fed wants to see inflation of 2%, so we're still well above that. Uh, You know, we continue to see strong inflation for services in particular. Uh, And so the Fed, uh, you know, they've been uh, raising rates for the past year. I think they're going to want to see what the impact is of that. Uh, So we may see the Fed holding steady in the near term, but if things don't look much better in a few months, we could see the Fed start to hike again.
1: Dropping from 9% to 4.9%, that must be the easy part, but going from 4.9% four point nine percent to two this is where uh, the rubber meets the road
2: that, that's right we've seen a big drop in energy prices we've seen a big drop in uh Prices for a lot of goods, but what we're seeing is strong housing inflation, services inflation, general. That tends to be wage-driven. It tends to be persistent from month to month. So the Fed's task is is it's much more difficult to get from you know five percent to two percent than it is from nine percent to five percent.
1: We managed to wring most of the goods inflation out of the economy. The uh, supply chains, for the large, for the most part, are uh, functioning as they should. The disruptions are a thing of the past. How long is it going to take for uh, the, the, the services inflation to be wrung out of the economy?
3: You know,
2: uh, we are starting to see some of the housing inflation uh, dissipate. You know, rent growth is slowing. We're seeing house prices fall. But that shows up in the in the CPI with a lag. But, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, by this time next year, we should see much weaker services inflation, and overall inflation should be back to the Fed's 2%
1: objective. And what is going on with the uh, increase in the cost of used cars uh, driving some of the uh, CPI in this report? Is it a matter of uh, uh, people need need to do a better job in negotiating at the dealer?
2: Uh, no, I think the dealers have a lot of leverage. There's still a shortage of used cars out there. That being said, uh, financing costs are much higher with higher interest rates, uh, and I think we're going to see more new cars on the market. So um, I would expect that we'll see used car prices start to fall again, and that will take pressure off of overall inflation.
1: Overall, this seems like it's it's painting a picture of, of the soft landing scenario, that uh, maybe the fight against inflation will be a little frustratingly long to get down to that 2% target, but you can actually get there without throwing the economy into recession.
2: Uh, we'll have to see what happens. We The economy hasn't felt the full impact of those uh, increases in interest rates that we've had over the past year or two. Uh, I think there is another shoot a drop there, a further slowing in the labor market. So the question is whether we can avoid a recession or whether we get one sometime later this year.
1: And then very quickly, uh, one uh, point of progress that's uh, worth, worth, worth uh, noting, and that is uh, the, the, the food inflation seems to have really slowed down.
2: Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, that was driven by a lot of different factors, uh, you know, problems in supply chains, uh, changes in demand following the pandemic. We had the egg shortage and so forth. Um, you know, food prices are still up from where they were a year ago, but the prices aren't increasing at this point. So certainly, uh, you know, I don't expect to see big declines in food prices. But on the other hand, we've seen prices stop increasing, and that's certainly good news.
1: Gus Fauché, Chief Economist, PNC Financial Services in Pittsburgh. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up- the benefits of having college students help contribute to the cost of their education lunch money for all generations this is the wbbm noon business hour Many parents pick up the tab for college, but there are reasons to have student participation in paying for their education. Let's talk about the benefits with Mark Horner, Wealth Advisor, Fairhaven Wealth Management, based in Wheaton, the website fairhavenwealth.com. Mark, thank you for joining us today. Now, it's not uncommon to talk about a college student having a work-study job while they are on campus, but have the uh, economics of, uh, of paying for college have been thrown so far out of whack that? The uh, that work study job is like a, a, a raindrop in the Chicago River.
4: Uh, yeah, uh, that is that's for sure, Rob. I th- I think gone are the days where somebody can legitimately work their work their ways through college, at least with a job that's legal. I think you might have to travel to South America if you're going <laughs> to pay for college on your on your own on your own these days. Yes, a
1: courier so, of under the table objects. It,
4: Exactly, so we don't want we don't want to go down that we don't want to go down that road but but you know before you even before you even get to the the paying for for college, I think it's really important to involve your students and your your children in the in the decision as early as possible and help them understand that that where college pricing is right now. It's just it's an unfortunate truth that many of us are gonna be leaving college with, with debt. And so to get them thinking about early, hey, what would what would it feel like to graduate from college with fifty, seventy five, a hundred thousand dollars of debt and then and then try and get that conversation going into really understanding what the net cost of college might be, because price has just become a a, a much more important factor in trying to get college paid for. And you know, unfortunately there just aren't that many uh, great resources out there to get to that net price of college. But one one I wanted to share with everybody is tuitionfit.org. That's a tool that we use uh, to help our clients. But yeah, talking about the cost of college and how to how to get it paid for? I think really really the earlier you start that conversation with your kids, the better.
1: Well, before we before we start talking about uh, uh, you know what, what what is a reasonable expectation if you do want your your child to uh, contribute to their college education, let's say you total up all the the scholarships, the grants. Um, what's what's a good kind of number where you say, well, this this is your contribution to this, uh, your job working at a, a, a you know the a Dairy Queen. Or a country club, or what have you. Uh, this is what we expect you to contribute towards your college education.
4: It's it's so hard to say because that's going to be so dependent on the family circumstances, and then of course the and then of course the school. You, you, there could be schools out there that in-state tuition. Could be could be something like ten thousand dollars. We we just got we saw a uh, a college tuition offer for one of our clients where the school discounted the tuition four thousand dollars to bring the cost of attendance down to eighty nine thousand dollars a year. So it is a huge gap between or a huge range of what the cost of college uh, might be. So, uh, but talking about talking about with your kids about the reality. Of uh, that the price is part of the process, and then encouraging them to have some skin in the game. Uh, is. There's nothing wrong with that, that working a part-time job could be working at a Dairy Queen, or it could be an internship uh, during the course of the year that, that might lay the groundwork for a career uh, down the road. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a newspaper delivery job. Uh, I know those don't even probably don't (laughs) exist anymore. But 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 having that conversation with with your kids about the reality that that school does cost something, mom and dad may not be there to pick up uh, to pick up every nickel of that and having your kids participate in getting some of that paid. Those are great conversations and great lessons for kids to be learning early.
1: Mark Horner, Wealth Advisor, Fairhaven Wealth Management in Wheaton. The website fairhavenwealth.com. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, if you look closely in your closet, you may see some money. We'll explain. Cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. We're shifting towards summer, but there's still some time for spring cleaning, and that can prove to be a financially beneficial endeavor. We welcome in Jennifer Waters, Chicago-based business reporter. Jennifer, thank you for joining us today. Uh, There's a gold mine in your closet. Does this this mean that uh, people will be lining up to pay top dollar to pay for uh, 10- or 20-year-old radio station T-shirts that I have sitting in my closet?
5: (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. I guess it just depends on what the vintage is and, and if that's attractive to them. You know, there's a buyer for every thing out there. Well, it's good I'll to know
1: because uh, I have a a, a sweatshirt uh, celebrating from when uh, WTMJ in Milwaukee hit number one in the ratings in uh, 2002. So the bidding begins at
5: $200. Yeah, who wouldn't want that? <laughs> I can, I can, I'm anxious to find out what, what it goes for. Because um, there would be bidding on that, but this is a this is this is kind of this whole resale business. It's just it's been exploding. You and I have talked about this before, but it's just been totally exploding. It's kind of upending how retailers go about doing their their own business too, and it's you know and and the thing about it is that if you go into your closet and I've done this not too long ago, I went in my closet and found dresses and shirts that I never even took the tags off on. That sadly don't fit fit me anymore. (laughs) That you know, I can just take that and try to resell that, and and if it's and if it's a good brand, and we're talking about good brands like. Certainly, some um, high label brands, Gucci, Oscar De La Renta, cetera. But we're also talking about kind of the everyday brands, the uh, Athleta, the Lululemon, J Crew, Patagonia, for example. Those are brands that are really hot sellers. So you can go. You got and let, let let's use Patagonia as an ex, an example. You have a kid. You buy you buy her Patagonia uh, Patagonia jacket. She outgrows it. The coat's still in good shape. You can go to a kid's resale shop and sell it there, but you can also now go into Patagonia and give it back to them, and they will give you a gift certificate to, you know, depending on what kind of, you know, shape the the jacket is in, and then um, you can use that in there. But then they'll they'll go back and resell it on their own resale uh, site. So it's just this is exploding,
1: and this and there are a number of uh, applications and platforms that are meeting this need. ThreadUp, Depop, Poshmark, uh, TradeZ, mm-hmm. the Real, Real, and th- there's there are now some social media challenges. Uh, I just want to acknowledge a former Channel Five uh, meteorologist now at Good Morning America, Ginger Z, who was uh, yeah. in the middle of a buy nothing new challenge. Uh, everything that she's wearing on the show is recycled from somebody else because it's a sustainable way of living.
5: Well, and that's part of um, what's really driving this too. It's a it's a lot of younger shoppers who are doing it, Gen Z and um, younger who are doing this kind of thing because they're really looking at sustainability, uh, sustainability and then individuality too, in terms of what they want. I mean, some of these kids are looking at vintage clothes, but some of them are just looking at, you know, a Zara shirt they had last year that, you know, got wrecked somehow and maybe they'll find it Somewhere else, so you know they're helping. They're helping the environment in the process.
1: I want to say this all goes back to that Simpsons episode from 1996, where Marge (laughs) found the uh, Gucci suit at the outlet mall. (laughs)
5: <laughs> I don't remember One, Once again serious. It it
1: all it always goes back To the Simpsons Our most uh, influential show Jennifer Waters Chicago based Business reporter Thank you for joining us today Still ahead on this Personal Finance Wednesday Checking in on your 401k retirement account Why Why
2: If you Why? have T-Mobile
1: 5G home internet
2: You might be hearing this Why A lot Why
1: Every time Your internet slows down During the busiest hours
5: Why Why
1: Because your network Gives priority to cell phone users why good question why not switch to cox internet with two times faster download speeds than t-mobile 5g home internet during peak hours okay stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5g home for details t-mobile prioritizes certain t-mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion
0: this is chicago's news traffic and weather station news radio
1: 105.9 The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon, I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Charges have been announced in the weekend murder of Chicago Police Officer Ariana Preston. New York Congressman George Santos is under arrest and facing federal charges. In Personal Finance Wednesday, making sure you're making the most of your 401k retirement account. And it's prom and wedding season. We'll check in with the owner of a popular Chicago boutique. WBBM Business. The markets are mixed right now. The Dow is now down 296 points. The NASDAQ is up 6. The S&P 500 down 17. We have 74 degrees right now in Chicago under mostly sunny skies. It's 1230, topping our news at the half hour. Four teenagers are now charged with first-degree murder and the death of Chicago police officer Ariana Preston, who was shot early Saturday during an alleged armed robbery spree by the group. The accused are 18-year-olds Joseph Brooks and Jaquan Buchanan, 19-year-old Travelle Breland, and 16-year-old Jalen Frazier, who is now charged as an adult. Chicago Police 5th District Commander Tyrone Pendarvis says Officer Preston's death has affected people throughout the community, including the last person she arrested the night before she was killed.
6: Even the arrestee once, finding out the news of what had happened, she wept. But that speaks to the credit of uh, Officer, Pre- Officer Preston because... She connected with everyone. She made everybody, she was empathetic to everyone's problems regardless on what role
1: they were in. Investigators say parts of the incident are caught on private surveillance video. New York Republican Congressman George Santos is now in custody and facing an extensive list of federal charges. A 13 count indictment says the freshman lawmaker induced supporters to donate to a company under the false pretense that the money would be used to support his campaign. This is CBS News legal analyst Jessica Levinson. It
6: looks like they have the receipts. This is not, uh, we think, we hope. Let's file this and see what happens, which frankly, the federal government very, very, very rarely does and should never do. This is here are the documents that allow us to prove our case.
1: Santos is also accused of lying to Congress about his income and cheating his way into undeserved unemployment benefits. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are mixed right now, but they're rather volatile. We're joined by Hugh Johnson, chairman and chief investment officer of Hugh Johnson Economics based at Albany. Hugh, thank you for joining us today. Over the last uh, half hour or so, the uh, Dow took a sharp dip downward, and even the national. NASDAQ, NASDAQ appears to be poised to give up all of its gains on the day. Uh, What is uh, driving the sudden move on Wall Street?
3: It's really hard to tell. You get a lot of volatility these days. And I think the reason is, Rob, we have so much uncertainty, uncertainty about the, the really big issues. And, of course, we got the Consumer Price Index, and the issue that the Consumer Price Index number today touched off was, what will the Federal Reserve do? They're going to meet in June. They're going to meet in July. Will they raise rates further? And then, of course, on the basis of what the Federal Reserve does, then the big question is, what's going to happen to the economy? Are we going to continue to have just a slowdown, soft landing, so to speak, or is it going to be something a little bit more severe, like a hard landing or a recession? So there's a lot of questions, Rob, and frankly, I don't think we have any good answers to those questions, uh, at least not yet.
1: What is your takeaway from the CPI report today? Because uh, based on the analysis that I read this morning from the uh, glass half full caucus, uh, they seem to believe that uh, a soft landing is the most likely scenario.
3: No, I wouldn't go so far as to say a soft landing is the most likely scenario, especially when the Index of leading economic indicators, and I emphasize the word leading, tells us, you know, it's declined 12 months in a row and it's likely to have declined in April. We'll see that number in May, and that kind of tells you that we might have a hard landing. I think when you look at the consumer price index, it's really good news and bad news. The good news is, is that it declined or the decline in inflation continues, and we've seen that for a number of months now. But even though we're seeing a decline in, in, in the uh, rate of inflation, consumer inflation, it's still a number that's at a very elevated level, 4.93% on a year-over-year level. And and quite frankly, that's a long way away from uh, the Federal Reserve's 2% target. So good news that it's declining, bad news that it remains so elevated. And that raises the question, which I raised before mentioned before, what's the Federal Reserve going to do about this? Are they going to raise rates further?
1: And uh, the question, I guess, as far as the Fed is concerned, and this is uh, what all of uh, all the markets are betting on, is: uh, do they just decide to hold rates and see what happens, or do they, are they prompted to raise again? And on top of that, uh, what happens if we don't have a debt ceiling by the the the, the early part of next month?
3: tough calls, Rob. And they're tough questions and tough calls. I can build a good case that the Federal Reserve should raise interest rates further, but they more or less have sort of promised us a couple of things, really, that they're going to pause. And I want to say promise a little bit loosely. But, you know, one thing they're watching, or they're watching very carefully, is based on the bank crisis, is we've seen somewhat softening or weakening credit conditions in the U.S. economy. And they want to see if those credit conditions deteriorating credit conditions are going to have an impact on the economy and also at the same time preserve the rate of inflation, the declining rate of inflation they 're going to watch for a while. so I think they're going to pause effectively pause and the debt ceiling that's a you know we this seems like a, a something we 've been through before. I remember it so many times that it comes up to the 11th hour, and then it gets resolved. And right now it looks like it's headed for the 11th hour. It doesn't look like there's any real agreement between the House as well as the president, Uh, at least not at this juncture. We'll hope that something positive develops when they meet on Friday. But I doubt it, quite frankly. I'll be willing to bet this is once again going to be the 11th hour, and then it'll get resolved and we will not uh, default on the U.S. debt. We will raise the debt
1: ceiling. Hugh Johnson, Chairman and Chief Investment Officer of Hugh Johnson Economics, based in Albany, New York. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next in Personal Finance Wednesday, a checkup for your 401k. Cashing in with conversation. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Personal Finance Wednesday, and it's May. It's spring cleaning for most people. And it's also probably as good a time as any to uh, take a look at your 401 101K as we approach the midway point of the year. Some things you can do for that mid-year checkup, we welcome in Shane Gornick, partner and certified financial planner at Forefront Financial Planning in Downers Grove. Find him online at preparemyretirement.com. Shane, thank you for joining us today. It's the, month of, it's the month of May, and what are some things you can do if you want to take a look at your 401k retirement accounts? Um, how can you uh, assess that they're doing well at this point in 2020?
7: You can certainly look at how the 401k is performing uh, against the market itself. Uh, but that being said, we've been in such a volatile market. What we find the most appropriate way to do is see how it fits within the long-term context of what your ultimate retirement goals are. Uh, we also do want to take a close look at the investments that you're in. I think we can all agree we're not in a normal market. We haven't been one in, in one in the past year and a half to two years. And one of the things to keep in mind is most 401Ks, the investment options in those 401Ks are built for what would the average person invest in in an average market, in an average economy. Uh, Now, that's a lot of averages there, uh, and we're not in an average market. We're not in an average economy. So it's a great opportunity to really take a closer look at what you're invested in and make sure that it's appropriate for what you're trying to accomplish.
1: And here's this is an astonishing statistic to me. I mean, this is a really good way of hammering home a very important point, and that is we have uh, a lot of financial planners who come on the program who say you really have to take advantage of that employer match and because it's free money. And who doesn't like free money? Uh, but that little bit of free money could make a big difference down the road in uh, the sustainability of your retirement account.
7: I, I would agree 100%, Rob. And we meet with people all day long. And when we find out, let's say, for example, an, an employee has – If they put in 6%, their employer will match 50%, so they'll put in an extra 3%. And when we see someone not putting in as much as they can, a little part of me uh, dies inside. Uh, It almost (laughs) feels terrible that they're not actually taking advantage of all the free money. So in today's market and as an advisor, you very rarely get to say the word guarantee. And and Uh, When you can put in 6%, and they're going to put in an extra 3%. That's a 50% return right off the bat, regardless of how the market did. And to see people not take advantage of that, it, it, uh, it just hurts.
1: And it could potentially uh, tack on like a year or two to your retirement savings. Absolutely.
7: Yeah, not, not just for the principle of not having free money, but the impact that it will have on your retirement uh, makes, makes a big, big difference.
1: Now, we talk about a a portfolio rebalance, uh, depending on your goals and where you are uh, on your savings trajectory. But it it seems like we have a a note of caution, and that is, uh, if you want to rebalance your portfolio, you should probably know what you're doing first.
7: Absolutely. You should probably know what you're doing. Uh, Also, rebalancing is much different from getting out of the market altogether. Uh, So sometimes someone sees their 401k turn into a 201k and they get nervous, which is completely understandable, and they move all their money to cash or a very conservative position. And then when the market recovers and comes back, they miss out on all that growth, uh, which is is obviously not a great situation to be in. So you want to make sure you know what you're doing. Many people don't, and that's okay. There's only so much time in the day. Uh, I do this all day long. Uh, And in other areas of my life that are important that I'm not knowledgeable on, I've got to have other professionals help me. And just like most people and what they do, they're going to need a financial professional to help them. So strongly encourage you to talk to a financial professional uh, to help make sure that you're invested appropriately.
1: Shane Gornick, partner and certified financial planner at Forefront Financial Planning in Downers Grove. Find him online at preparemyretirement.com. Join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday and still to come, an update on the fashion business during prom and wedding season.
0: News Radio 105.9 WBBM.
1: And the noon business hour rolls on. You're starting to see young people in their spring finest as prom season kicks in at schools throughout the city and suburbs. There are also plenty of weddings on the calendar in the coming weeks and months let's check in with roy surday founder of peaches boutique fifty nine fifteen south archer southwest side of chicago roy thank you for joining us today and when we first spoke a couple of years ago we were talking about how the prom dress business was going as we were coming out of the pandemic and some proms were canceled and there were some socially distanced uh, dances that were different than pre-pandemic times but how are things going today
8: well, oh, thanks for having me. Um, things are back to normal as far as proms. There's no more uh, restrictions and stuff. I mean, the system is still coming back to normal. We're not at 100%, but it's, it's getting better as the years go by.
1: And are uh, prom dresses and, and just nice clothes for occasions like proms and weddings and graduations, uh, is that still an item in the budget as people uh, keep an eye on their spending in these inflationary times?
8: Well, unfortunately, because of the inflationary times, the prices of gowns have gone up. I mean, people are, are still purchasing it, but it is uh, it is a part of their concern when they're shopping. However, it's a, a major event in their life, even one of the few that they're going to have. And so they still, you know, they still do come out and, and purchase gowns.
1: And then how has uh, social media changed the uh, the prom dress game? Because, you uh, in, in, in my day, Roy, in the in the late 90s, uh, if you wanted to ask somebody to prom, uh, you had to uh, nervously call her on the phone and then <laughs> ask the question uh, uh, tentatively uh, as, as your palms were sweaty, uh, gripping the receiver. But now, thanks to Instagram and Facebook and TikTok, you have to have a whole big uh, production associated with it. And does that uh, benefit the, uh, the, the prom dress business?
8: Um, you know, not sure about it because prior to the pandemic, there were these big events guys would, you know, have a uh, big events set up to ask or go out and now it went to social media. So it isn't, um, uh, as it, it, it doesn't seem as prevalent as it was back a couple of years ago. Um, so we don't, you know, we don't see those, those, uh, you know, prom, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, requests and stuff like that. But, I, but the. But the social media does play a big part in all of this uh, prom um, world.
1: What's the biggest driver of your business? Is it spring and summer? You know, prom wedding season. Is it Kinsay and What's uh, what really brings people in the door?
8: So Kinsay is a very big business of ours too. Now it's one of our it's our second biggest business. Prom is is a big business that that goes from January to April. Kinsay is year round and it, it also is, is pretty prevalent through, through the summer months because that's when a lot of the Kinsella uh, events are held. So um, prom, obviously, from January to, to April, and it's coming to an end now. Prom's already started two weeks ago. They'll be coming to an end towards the end of May. There's a few in June. Um, <clears throat> but Kinsey's is year-round. Obviously, it's their 15th birthday, so it's kind of a year-round event, but most of the people have them in the summer.
1: Roy Surday, founder of Peaches Boutique, 5915 South Archer on the southwest side of Chicago. Thank you for joining us today.
0: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.